the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. And welcome at six minutes after the hour of nine o'clock to the authority on a Friday, the free for all Friday edition of the program. It is the ninth morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord 2021. And we have got a good show for you today. Got a couple of great guests we're going to be talking to in a few. Uh, And I've got plenty of opportunities for you to be heard on free for all Friday. For those who may not be indoctrinated yet. And yes, I will try to indoctrinate you to the patriotic side of life. I will try to indoctrinate you into the constitutional side of things. That's what we do here. And that's what needs to be done in our schools all across this country. Not the indoctrination into America hatred, but actually the indoctrination into American support and loyalty. Because this is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. But uh, for those who are not used to what we do here... Uh, Free-for-all Friday means uh, just what it sounds like. It's a free-for-all. You don't have to wait for me to give you the topic or ask the question, and then you call me to answer it. Anything you want to talk about is fair game for me. So you call up with the topic. doesn't matter what it is. It could be related to... Uh, what we're dealing with right now in terms of uh, critical race theory. You just heard that promo from Hugh Hewitt. It could be what we're dealing with with the vaccines. could be what we're dealing with in sports. I don't care. Free for All Friday is a beautiful thing because we can really kind of touch on a wide variety of things. So that in mind, your number to dial for Free for All Friday is 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Coming up on the program, excuse me, next hour, at 10.35, we will be talking with Christina Hagen. Uh, very much looking forward to doing that. She is, of course, a former Ohio state representative. And also uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about Donald Trump's big lawsuit that he has filed against big tech. He wants to hold Zuckerberg and Dorsey and the rest of the big tech um, overlords 
responsible and accountable for their censorship and the suppression of conservative voices, not the least of which is his. And we'll talk with Mark Meckler about that coming up uh, a little bit later on in the program as well. But before we do anything else, let's start our program the way we always do, with our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, please stand. Face your flag if you have one. Put your hand over your heart. Liberals, go ahead and take your proverbial knee and mumble under your breath about how horrible it is to hear the Pledge of Allegiance and how terribly racist this awful country is. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, we're going to start uh, this morning. we got a couple of different choices, but I want to start with freedom, and I want to start with your rights to make, your, make up your own mind, our rights to make up our own minds on what we do with our body, and our right to tell the government to stay the hell out of our business. Because that's what we're going to have to do. The Biden administration is defending and pushing back against those of us who said there's no way we're going to allow door-to-door knocking with vaccines to come and invade our privacy. We're not going to be allowing Joe Biden to send teams of volunteers out to knock on our doors and harass us or try to shame us into taking an experimental drug cocktail that is not actually a vaccination. And I'm talking about the two largest ones, the two first ones to come out, of course, were Pfizer and Moderna. They're not vaccines. The Johnson & Johnson more closely meets the definition of vaccine, but the other two are not. At any rate, it's not their business. That's the message that conservative America has been giving to Joe Biden since this ridiculous idea was floated earlier this week. But now the Biden administration is pushing back against us for our pushback against them. During an appearance on CNN, this is a National Review, Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra, who is an absolute nightmare, and I mean a nightmare toward freedom for the uh, to freedom for the American people. He announced it is quote absolutely the government's business to know the vaccination status of all Americans. Did did you catch that? The Biden administration believes, and this is the Health and Human Services Secretary, that it is the government's business to know your health status. I want you to ponder that for a second. I want you to think about all of your health conditions. I want you to think about all of your illnesses and maladies that you may have suffered. And I want you to tell me how well you or how good you feel about the government keeping charts on you to know exactly what you've had and when you've had it, because that is exactly what they are talking about here. Becerra's comments were made in response to the host's reading of a tweet by Republican Representative Andy Biggs, who said the government should not survey the population and be privy to know about America's in Americans' individual health choices and health statuses. Biggs and other Republican lawmakers' criticisms came after Secretary, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki 
said uh, earlier this week that the Biden administration might resort to knocking on doors. Biden then confirmed that himself. We played the audio for you that, yes, we are talking about going into communities where there is a low vaccination rate, and we're going to knock on doors and try to convince people uh, face-to-face, in other words, to try to intimidate and or shame them into taking this uh, inoculation that doesn't actually inoculate you. The administration confronting a missed vaccination goal to get 70% of the adults vaccinated by the 4th of July has been getting innovative with strategies and incentives to persuade the hesitant, especially young adults, of the vaccine's merits. And I'm going to pause there because that part of this is so crucial. They are pushing young adults who are the very least, well, right there with actual, actually with elementary age students, kids, but young adults, meaning young teenagers and, and well, just teenagers rather, uh, up to 18, 21, 22, they are the least likely people to become infected, A, and to spread that infection, B, to other people, much, lo- much less to succumb to it, a virus that already has a 99% plus um, recovery rate. It's even higher the recovery rate if it actually happens to become, you know, if somebody in that age group happens to become infected. But this is what they're pushing now. Despite the fact that more medical evidence, and again, they're always saying, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. Well, let's follow the science down to the road of myocardia and pericardia. Or, I'm sorry, myocarditis and pericarditis. These are serious cardiac afflictions that are being found to have, um, uh, in people, particularly younger and athletic people, who have gotten this vaccine unnecessarily, who have gotten this drug cocktail unnecessarily. It's causing an enlarging of the heart in young athletic people. Becerra offered that the massive government-incurred cost of managing COVID and the subsequent economic crisis justifies them sticking their government noses into your medical business. Keeping tabs, they call it, on which citizens have been vaccinated. Did we not talk about this earlier this week, about how this is going to be something of a trial run? About sticking their noses to find out which Americans, in the name of health, they'll call it a health crisis. They'll call it a health emergency, just like they are this pandemic. When they come door to door to find out exactly which Americans have guns. As part of their crackdown on quote-unquote gun violence, and that's their vernacular, that's how they describe it, gun violence, not criminal violence, not thug violence, gun violence, because the guns, of course, are popping up out of people's homes and just uh, indiscriminately firing at other people. Guns. There is no such thing as gun violence. There is violence committed by people whether they use guns or knives or machetes or baseball bats or cars or poisons, is irrelevant. Violence is violence. They try to put put it on guns to say guns are the cause of the violence. No, guns are just the means with which the violent people, the criminals who don't care about law or or, uh, punishment, it's just the, the means that they use to commit their acts. Do not think for one second that the government telling you it's their business in the name of health 
The same government that's telling you it's their business in the name of health to know whether or not you've been vaccinated and whether or not you should be browbeaten on your front stoop at your doorstep is the same government that's going to tell you, we need to come in and take a look in your home and see if you have weapons. Do you have guns? We need to know what kind. We need to know how many. We need to know how often you use them, what kind of ammunition you have. Because door-to-door vaccinations is going to lead to -to door-to-door confiscations. Just understand this now. Don't, don't, Don't pretend you weren't warned. Becerra said the government uh, has spent trillions of dollars to keep Americans alive during this pandemic, so it is absolutely the government's business. It is taxpayers' business if we have to keep trying to spend money to keep people from contracting COVID and helping to reopen the economy. It's our business to make sure Americans can prosper, freely associate, and knocking on the door has never been against the law. You don't have to answer, but we hope you do so we can help dispel some of the rumors that you've heard and hopefully get you vaccinated, end quote. They're going to intimidate. They're going to try to confuse people, people who may have already heard from medical professionals who told them it is not worth the risk. Take a look at the VAERS reporting system within the CDC. The number of people who have died after receiving the COVID vaccines, as they call them. The number of people who have suffered serious, serious illnesses as a result of receiving the vaccine. And so they've made their own choices. I'm not going to do this. And now they're going to have to open their door and listen to the government try to confuse them and tell them how wrong their doctors are and how wrong their opinion is and to try to browbeat them into forced compliance. That's what's going to happen. And it is, I beg to differ with Secretary Becerra. It is absolutely none of your business as a government official to make sure that I can freely associate. I already have that assurance. I have all of the assurance that I need from government that I can prosper and freely associate with anyone that I choose. That documentation can be found in the Constitution of the United States of America. It gives me the right to freely associate, as you say. It gives me a right to pursue happiness, as as outlined in our Declaration of Independence. That's part of prosperity. And the only thing that our founding fathers who wrote both the Declaration and the Constitution, the only thing that they wanted for all of us is that we have the free and open and clear path to achieve those things, not to have the government hold our little pinky fingers and walk us through it all. The government's job is to provide an infrastructure, provide opportunity, and then it's up to Americans to seize that opportunity on their own. And they don't have to ring the government's bell every time they have an idea or every time they want to go and do something. They don't have to ask for permission. And they sure as hell don't need the government coming around as if their dad or mom coming to the child's room to make sure that their teeth have been brushed. To make sure that their ears have been cleaned out. To make sure that their homework has been done. That's not the job of the government. You're not my daddy, Xavier Becerra. And Joe Biden isn't my great-great-great-grandfather, which is kind of how he acts. 
Your job is to just provide the opportunities for people to make their own minds up and then get the hell out of the way. Your job is not to father me, to parent me. Your job is to provide me with the means to make my own decisions and then the and the infrastructure to make my own decisions and then get out of the way. All right, 216-901-0945, They're becoming more brazen, my friends. They are becoming more and more brazen about what uh, their role is in your life. I would love to hear from you on it. 216-901-0945, right back. Okay, 925, we continue. It's none of the government's business knowing who has or hasn't been vaccinated. What do you say? Brianna, uh, perhaps uh, we should point out that the federal government has had to spend trillions of dollars to try to keep Americans alive during this pandemic. So it is absolutely the government's business. It is taxpayers' business if we have to continue to spend money to try to keep people from contracting COVID. So since the government spent millions and billions and trillions of dollars fighting a pandemic, the government now controls your medical records. The government now controls your medical records decisions because the government spent money on you the government now owns you can you listen to the people running the government do you understand what they're saying they've becoming they're becoming more and more open they're becoming more and more transparent they're becoming more and more brazen about it we spent money therefore we own your a that's what they're telling us and if this does not terrify you, I brought up the Second Amendment uh, uh, issue that, that is going to be next, then you're just not paying attention, and you really truly are not sufficiently informed about what this government wants to do. Not the American government per se, big picture writ large, the, the, the government that's in power right now. This is what the socialists wanted. This is what the Marxists wanted. This is why they wanted Creepy Joe. Creepy, sleepy Uncle Joe in the office because they can do all of these these things without his knowledge, without his consent. He's a puppet. Creepy, sleepy Uncle Joe is a flat out, you know, he's 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 a he's a doddering, bumbling, fumbling, stumbling, mumbling old fool, and they can do whatever they want because he's there. Did you hear him talking about the decision to get out of Afghanistan? Did you hear his brain literally freeze in mid-thought yesterday when he was talking about the decision to get out of Afghanistan in August, moving up the date again uh, to the end of August when we are going to get all, getting all of our troops out of Afghanistan? Listen to this guy. For two reasons. One, to bring... Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell. Now I'm going to pause that there. I'm going to pause that there. What he said, in case you didn't, you can't see it, obviously. I'm playing you a video clip, but there must have been a good four or five second pause where he just stared blankly straight ahead, just desperately searching his memory bank to what in the heck his line was supposed to be here. Just desperate. He's just staring straight ahead, and you can just you can hear the gears grinding to a halt inside of his head. And then finally he remembered the line about Osama bin Laden and going to the gates of hell. What I wish you could see but you can't because this is a video and we're doing live radio here. 
is the little half smile and the and the kind of the the the, the slight uh, gasp, uh, exasperated, relieved kind of sound that comes from his mouth, because he's like, "I did it." You just have to see it. It's on my Facebook wall. I'll put it where in other places where I can. But in all seriousness, it's it's so hilarious. Seek it out because he he pauses and freezes in mid thought. His brain just goes stone cold. The gears grind to a halt. Right, and then he finally remembers it. And after he's done, he gives this weird little relieved smirk, like, "Phew, I did it." He looks proud of himself. Like, I, I, I dug into the memory bank to try to recall what word I was supposed to use here, and I made it. And there's a sense of satisfaction there that made me feel 100% sympathetic toward the man. It did. All of these things do. All of these things, all of these moments with Joe Biden suffering through his cognitive decline on live television for at least, you know, four years. Um, it makes me feel bad for him. He's been propped up there by the far left, the socialist wing nuts of his party, taking his centrist kind of, you know, center left type of persona for his entire life, his moderate Joe, uh, you know, entire life in, 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 uh, in, uh, uh, government and casting it to the side, making him, you know, the, the most far left president we have ever had. And he's struggling so hard to play his role. And when he finally gets the words right, you should just see the sense of relief. Like, look, everybody, I did it. These are the same people, of course, who he tells the press, I'm not supposed to be answering questions of you. He's been ordered by the real power behind the presidency not to take uh, impromptu questions, not to have to ad lib or go off the cuff with reporters. But uh, how do you feel anything but sympathy for this? Like I said, he's a mumbling, bumbling, stumbling old man. But how do you not feel anything but sympathy when you hear this? went for two reasons. One, to bring Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell, as I said at the time. The second he reason just was, has this little smile and this little breath that you can hear there. Just like, I knew I could do it. It's just so sad. By the way, I counted six seconds of silence there while he searched his memory bank to try to figure out what in the world he was supposed to be saying. All right, let's take a time out for news and come back on 1420 The Answer. Please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 936 on a free-for-all Friday. I'm coming right to your phone calls, I promise you. But just real quick audio from Tucker talking about uh, what I was just talking about in response to Xavier Becerra. If they can come to your door because they know who does and who does not have the vaccine and try to browbeat, intimidate, scare, or fear-monger you or bully you or intimidate you into getting the vaccine, what else are they going to come to your door for? The administration is no longer pro-choice. It's an odd thing to say on many levels, but it's especially odd to say it now. This pandemic is waning very clearly. Few people in this country are dying from the virus at this point. It's hardly a health emergency now. But Javier Becerra isn't arguing that it is a health emergency. 
Instead, he's arguing that the government has spent so much money on the coronavirus that the Biden administration has a right effectively to go door to door and intimidate you into taking the vaccine and keep track of you if you don't. The government paid, so they have that right. And if you disobey, you're choosing death. So what Tucker didn't say that I did say is this. The government believes they have paid for you, therefore they own you. You're bought and paid for. They've spent trillions of dollars, according to Becerra, trying to, quote, keep Americans alive. And as such, the Americans have a due bill. And it is due. You owe us for trying to save your lives. And since you're still alive, you will comply with what we tell you. You will do what we tell you. You will you will provide us with information that we tell you. You will take whatever... Um, uh, foreign substance we wish for you to have injected into your body. They feel like they've bought us. That's that's the Biden's administra- Biden administration's uh, kind of endgame here. We have paid for you. We own you. Do what you're told. Okay, to the phones on a free-for-all Friday, as promised. Let's go to TJ in Cleveland. TJ, good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, you know, Bob, with this Biden talking about Obama, I mean, uh Bin Laden going through the gates of hell. You know, Bin Laden murdered a lot of innocent people. But Joe Biden and his crew murdered a hell of a lot more innocent babies. So if Bin Laden's going through the gates of hell, I suspect Joe and his people are going to be following him close behind. But, But the reason I called, you know, Giuliani a few years ago started the stop and frisk policy in New York. And yeah. it got a lot of illegal guns off the street. Many now, years ago the, now. We're talking about in the uh, 90s, actually. But, right. Uh, but, yeah. but, but it was the Democrats that called it racist and unconstitutional. Now, these same Democrats are saying it's okay to go into a law-abiding person's home and do a, a stop and frisk. These people are such hypocrites. They, it, it, just, it doesn't even amaze you anymore. That's a that's a great analogy. That's a great point. They didn't want anybody being stopped. And thanks for the call, TJ. Stopped and first in public, but they are willing uh, to tell you to um, uh, you know we got to take care of that phone there, will you please? Uh, but they are willing to tell you you know that we're coming to your house for essentially what is a stop and frisk. They may not pat you down, but they are going to inquire and snoop and pry into your business, even if you have no interest whatsoever in talking to the government. It's an interesting uh, analogy there, TJ. Thank you. Let's go to Derek in Richfield. Hey, Derek, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Good morning. Um, Good morning. So, you know, uh, maybe Joe Biden's brain freeze is from, you know, too much ice cream. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. You know, Uh, know, the... I know, I know. I get the ice cream jokes, and he's uh, he's notorious for all of that stuff, and the press for, of course, placating him by asking, what's your favorite flavor, instead of asking him critical questions. Right. Uh, but, you know, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, it's 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 a sight to behold, isn't it, when this guy just completely uh, has brain lock? Yeah, it's pretty awkward to watch. Um, yeah, it, it is sad. Um, but, so, um, the main point, uh, so I'm calling, going back to yesterday, and just that, um, that uh, the choir song that was that you played on the air from San Francisco. Um, but just real quick before I get to that, I was just reminded, I'm driving down here in Canton past Timken Steel, and it was interesting, yesterday on uh, Sebastian Gorka's show, America First, Jane Timken was on, you know, promoting herself as the, the MAGA candidate and convincing <laughs> all of us, and Jim was on too, yeah, but that was just interesting. Um, but, but so back to that, that San Francisco uh, choir song, um, you know, the word, you know, con- convert, convert your children, convert, that's a carefully chosen word, I would, you know, that, that just really stood out. And 
And it really does come down to, again, as, you know, people turn 18 years old, then they're, you know, they do what they want, they're adults, but, you know, it crosses a line when these are children. And, and the idea of, I mean, a few years ago, anyone in, instructing children, especially elementary school, and giving sexual instructions to children, again, contributing to the delinquency of minors, and how is that not, uh, how is that not looked at as pedophilia? And that just, where it just seems that it's like paving the way for just sexualizing children at a younger age. And, and all of this, it really always reminds me, you know, Rush Limbaugh always emphasized the point that the left will never be appeased, no matter what. They will never be satisfied. They'll always want more and more. Well, he was right, and you are right. And the word choice in this song that you're talking about, you're exactly right as well. They didn't say, we are going to inform your children. They didn't say, we are going to educate your children. They didn't say, we're going to try to... Um, uh, make your children more tolerant. They screamed, we, and sang, we are going to convert your children. And it is a very carefully chosen word, and I think it means perhaps one of two different things. You just hit on one of them. The obvious, which is we are going to try to convert little straight kids into being little, hey, I think it's cool to be gay, I want to be a gay kid, uh, or part of the trans movement, or whatever it is that they can talk them into. Or the other thing is convert them into, uh, you know, basically uh, one of us. In other words, to convert them or, or um, trans transition them from being part of your family's values to our radical agenda, convert them into a believer and a supporter of what we do. And what Rush said that you just quoted, and thank you very much, Derek, for the call. Really great points here. What Rush said um, about you can never appease them, it is never enough. They will always want more after they get what they started out for. They will always want more. And no, no matter what you think you've done, just say, okay, we've put this to bed. It's not. In this agenda, in the LGBTQ XYZ exclamation point, question mark, ampersand, hashtag, and whatever other symbols they want to use, it wasn't enough to just get uh, uh, gay marriage legalized. Do you remember how many people said that if you're not careful, that if you agree and, and allow marriage to be redefined in the way that it has been now you are opening the door to all kinds of new uh demands on changing the normal structure the normal culture uh that we have you know that has has been built and has been developed over the course of of centuries and generations people said that people warned that i warned of that it's not the issue itself, it's what it leads to, because it's never enough. Then it became, of course, you know, Pride Month. Hey, look at this. They've, they've, they've decided to name an entire month after your agenda and your movement. Is that enough? No. No, that's not enough as well. Or not, not enough either. Because Pride Month is only something that we're celebrating. We demand that everybody celebrate it. We want the gay flag flying next to the American flag on embassies. We want the gay flags uh, flying next to the, uh, the American flag on state capitals. We want parades. And if people don't come to the parades, we want to shame them for not being tolerant, for not being accepting, not being affirming of our identities. 
It's always something more. It's always something to further divide. Because so much of the gay agenda, the LGBTQXYZ agenda, is found in the critical race theory agenda, the Marxist agenda. I saw a presentation from uh, Dr. Paul Kinger, who I need to get on the program, and it's my embarrassment, to my embarrassment, that I have not yet had him on. Dr. Sebastian Gorka had him on uh, about a month ago. I heard a presentation from Dr. Paul Kinger in, uh, at the uh, Bringing America Back to Life uh, conference that was held in Cleveland back in February, I believe it was, that I emceed. It's February or March. I think it was February. Anyway, Dr. Kinger did a presentation on Marxism and communism and critical theory and brought it all home. There was another terrific presentation by Pastor Daryl Scott that also delved into this, that the racial division that is being forced upon this country right now is mirrored by the gay agenda and the division between heterosexual and what they would call cis-normalized people versus the blah, 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 uh, billion different identities people. There is a common thread there, and it is all rooted in Marxism and communism. And I'll have Dr. Kenger on to explain it, but it was really, really fascinating, and you better understand that there will never be enough. What Rush used to talk about that the caller just brought up is exactly right. If you cave in, if you placate them with something, and by them I mean just generally speaking leftists who are trying to undo capitalism and to undo the Constitution, and to institute cultural Marxism, etc., etc., not to mention fiscal uh, uh, communism. But if you placate them with one little thing, you give them their inch, the mile is next. There is just no two ways about it. The examples are multitudinous. They are just incredible. All right, uh, let's uh, go to Leslie calling us from Bay Village. Hi, Leslie, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Hi, um, I, I want to go back just for a moment to Secretary Becerra's assertion that because the government has spent money on us, it allows him the privilege of inserting himself and harassing us. Um, I want someone just to remind him that that government money is taxpayer money. So in effect, we have the absurdity of we are paying him to harass us. So, I mean, somebody needs to point that out to him, and it drives me absolutely crazy that we are paying for our own harassment. And he thinks that that's a logical conclusion on his part. It just makes me crazy. You know, that is a brilliant observation, one that I did not make myself. You're right. You're a thousand percent right, and I'm so glad you called to say it, because it needs to be said out loud. How dare he talk about how the federal government has spent all of this money on you, essentially, so therefore the federal government gets to spy on you when it's your money, our money, in the, the, that, that we're talking about here. I didn't even put two and two together there. You're, of course, right. Any dollar the federal government spends, they got from us. Uh, and then for them to spend it on us and now try to tell us they get to spy on us or come door-to-door and intimidate us because they spent our own money against us, uh, is, is, it's, it's, it's beyond the pale. Great, great it point, is Leslie. Absurd. Okay, well, have a good day and Thank carry on. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate that. He, she's right. She's a thousand percent right. It's none of the government's business knowing who has or hasn't been vaccinated. What do you say? 
Brianna, uh, perhaps uh, we should point out that the federal government has had to spend trillions of dollars to try to keep Americans alive during this pandemic. So, Are these Joe Biden's dollars? Were they Donald Trump's dollars? Were they, were they, were they uh, your dollars when you say the federal government? Were they the CDC's dollars? What do you mean the federal government has spent trillions of dollars? The federal government has spent our dollars. We gave them to the government. That doesn't give the government the right then to bully us, intimidate us, stalk us in our homes. What a great call, Leslie. Thank you. Ron is in Northfield. Hi, Ron. You're on the air. Go right ahead. All right. As Ron, all right, I, I, either his phone dropped or something happened, but it's perfect timing for it to do it because it's 9.50. We'll take our time out here. We'll come back, get a few more phone calls before the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, it's 9.54. We continue. Don't forget, we're going to be talking to Mark Meckler, President of Convention of the States, uh, as well as uh, a couple of other important titles. But Mark Meckler will be joining us to talk about President Trump's lawsuit against big tech for censoring conservatives, not the least of which, of course, is himself. So we're looking forward to that conversation. Uh, A couple of quick notes here before I go to another phone call, though. Yesterday, somebody called me and asked me about the Delta variant and why it was named the Delta variant. Here's what we have found. Uh, or I have found, uh, it's not that I made it up. This is all about political correctness and avoiding the stigmatizing of nations where various things become prevalent. Uh, the World Health Organization announced a new way of naming COVID-19 variants uh, for, like I said, to avoid stigmatizing companies fearing that they would be pushed back on and people from those countries would be treated harshly, et cetera, et cetera, which is just the... The dumbest thing ever. I've never looked at a Chinese person in the United States of America and blamed them for the Wuhan virus. All right, I blame the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, for that. Not Chinese citizens who are visiting or living in America. But anyway, what they decided is they're going to use the Greek alphabet. So the Kent variant of COVID-19, which was dominant in the UK uh, over the winter, is no longer known as the Kent variant. It's Alpha. The South African variant is Beta. The Brazilian variant is Gamma, and the Indian variant, because this one is prevalent and and kind of originated really in India, is called Delta. This is the reason why. The new labels are for use, uh, they say, in public discussion, rather than replacing the scientific names and are already appearing in news pieces as well. So that's where you get Delta variant from. It's because of uh, uh, the World Health Organization wanting to protect the nations in which these things originated. Okay, let's go to uh, the phones again, and let me get a call from Yvette. Yvette in Strongsville. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, and go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to let your listeners know that July 13th, Mark Levin has a book coming out. Um, You can pre-order it um, to get it ahead of time. It's called American Marxism. He was hoping for 100,000 pre-orders. He's already at 200,000 pre-orders. Wow. Wow. So that's a good sign, right? That's a good sign. It shows that Americans are waking up, right? And Americans want to know the truth about what Marxism, you know, is, uh, what it does, what it has done historically, and what it will do if it is brought into the United States or allowed to grow. Exactly. So I urge your listeners to get it. 
I have seen him talking ex- extensively about some of the chapters within the book on his program on Sunday nights called uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin. Uh, he's spot I on. Yeah, I you do too. So do I. So do I. It's a great yep. education, and I'm sure this book will 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 do a, a terrific job of explaining Marxism. Because you know we've had, and thank you for the call, dear. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for that. Um, the um, issue that many of us have is not understanding what Marxism truly is. Uh, I brought on uh, Jim Simpson to talk about it a couple of weeks ago, and he because he's got a new book out as well that is very, very educational on the subject. I have had a number of other people, including Peter Kirsten, talk about what Marxism is, who Karl Marx was, who his partner Frederick Engels was, uh, and what their goal was. Um, and it is nefarious, doesn't even begin to describe it. And it is being adopted. It is becoming popularized because there were variations of it that you can find in socialism, the kind that has taken over places like Venezuela and communism, like what you see in Cuba, North Korea, Russia, and so on and so forth. It's extraordinarily extraordinarily important that we understand what it means to have it Americanized. What does Marxism look like in the United States as opposed to some of those other nations? And if you can't recognize it, you can't fight it. And if you can't fight it, you are doomed to succumb to it. So... I've got no financial stake in pushing Mark Levin or Mark Levin's books, but I do have an American stake in it, and uh, I, I can't wait to see it myself. Lisa. Oh, it's Lisa Woods in uh, Medina County with Medina County Friends and Neighbors. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? Good morning, Bob. Great conversation. I'm Thank well, you. thanks. Great. Um, what's, uh, what's coming up? Well, I just want to add my two cents into the Marxism stuff. Bring it. Educating people what the Marxism is is really important. And in fact, educating the state school board uh, as to why we don't want Marxism is really important, and it's really important right now. Did you hear that uh, the state superintendent stepped down? I did. I did. Yes. So. And, and you know, he, he wasn't the kind of leader that we needed at a time like this. He was a lifelong bureaucrat and really didn't understand what, you know, uh, folks, parents, the citizens of Ohio really want and need for their children. And during the pandemic, it was especially bad. So, we, number one, we need to be aware of this, and we need to make sure that we don't get something worse and that we get an improvement when the state board... Um, uh, goes over the applicants for the next state superintendent. So that's really important. And the sa- state um, superintendent is hired by the board, right? That's right. That's okay. right. And Paolo was, he was hired six months before I came on the board. So I wasn't there during that process. It had, it had just happened, and he was pretty new when I got there. So, got um, but also, we've got a a state board meeting coming up on Monday and Tuesday. Very important that people get engaged and take a look and watch this. Um, they can go on to the uh, Ohio Department of Education's website and click to, down to the uh, State Board of Education members and look at the agenda. There's, mm-hmm. there's a great item that's being um, introduced and voted on, which is uh, the 24th item, item 24, which is John Hagan has a great resolution I want people to take a look at. 
And um, I may have to ask his daughter about that coming up at ten thirty-five because we have Christina. Oh, good. So that, <laughs> good. that'll actually work out perfectly. <laughs> so, hey, Lisa, I've got to get to the news real quick. Did you want okay. to hit uh, tomorrow on uh, Medina County Friends and Neighbors? Absolutely. Thank you. So tomorrow we have um, Robert Owens is speaking at the Thirsty Cowboy at eight thirty in the morning. Uh, I hope we get some some great folks to come. Uh, he he is now with the John Birch Society. You may have remembered him. He ran against Dewine. Um, I don't know, it was like 10 years ago when he was running for Attorney General. He was with the Constitution Party, an incredible speaker, uh, brilliant mind. He, he really understands how things work, and he will be talking about the... <laughs> my cats are playing. Sorry about the background. He'll be talking about um, military techniques and tactics applied to grassroots action. And that'll be um, at the Thirsty Cowboy tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m., Correct. That's right. It's 71 and 18, 8.30 a.m. I hope you all come out. Thank you, Lisa Woods. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for the information on the uh, school of the uh, superintendent and that as well. All right, let's get out so we can come back in with uh, Mark Meckler talking about the lawsuit the president filed against big tech and what we can do to support that, perhaps. That's coming up on AM 1420, The Answer.